Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to American Godcast, a podcast about stars as American gods. Ooh, I'm Alex. I am Pete. And this bit doesn't work as well without Justin. That's yeah. too bad, Pete. I'm That's really too sad. bad that Justin isn't here to pretend he's a god with you. Yeah, it's okay. He's my god friend. Yeah, he's your god friend. That's, uh, you guys god. are friend gods. Yes, well, uh, he's actually my god friend. That's uh, when my friend dies, he comes in and becomes my friend. What? It's like a godparent, right? Oh, okay. Isn't that how that works? Like a godparent. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Justin is off doing family stuff for Memorial Day, Mm -hmm. so he can't be here to help recap the latest episode of American Gods. But, uh, Pete, that's probably okay with you because you got to be excited. They finally got to that conversation. Yeah, past that one point. Now We've been stuck at this one point for like two episodes, so I'm very happy to be past that. Yeah, absolutely. To briefly recap for those of you who are confused about the show or didn't watch it and decided to pick up with like the sixth episode of our podcast or something like that. (laughs) So there's a guy named Shadow Moon who's an ex-con. His wife, Laura, dies several days before he's gotten out of prison. He ends up hooking up with a guy named Mr. Wednesday who takes him on a journey. up with him, he they, he, f- he fucks him. No, no, that they does, fuck. No, that does not happen. All right. Well, I mean, we have different definitions of hooking up. That's okay, all. Okay. Like my definition is fucking, and yours is like what? Like what, teaming fondling? up? No, oh, what? Just when two people team up. Yeah, like or, they team up the the bone. Team oh, up the bone. Man, you are the worst. <laughs> I can't believe you're. A There's parent. something about this podcast. I think there is a god of love controlling me. Perhaps it is Bill Quest. <laughs> Bill, oh, Bill Quist. 
Uh, this uh, went off track very quickly. Yeah, it really did. Almost in record time. Gets together yeah. with a guy named Mr. Wednesday. Does that work for sure, you, that sure. phraseology? So he gets together with this guy named Mr. Wednesday who ends up taking him on a tour of America to gather together gods for an upcoming war against new gods, gods of technology. And a lot of that comes to a head in this episode. Now, yeah. the point that Pete is referring to is Laura, the dead wife, not quite so dead. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow threw this magic coin that he got from a leprechaun named Mad Sweeney <laughs> onto Laura's grave. I yeah. love uh, television. Um, <laughs> onto Laura's grave. It brought her kind of back to life, kind of not back to life. Yeah. Uh, she's to, slowly rotting because yeah. she's a corpse. Well, yeah, she's still dead, which is really kind of interesting. Yeah. And they have a lot of fun with in the past couple of episodes. Two episodes ago, Laura finally met up with Shadow again, said, hey, puppy, we need to talk. Puppy is her nickname for him. And then the the last episode. she treats him like a dog. That is That's, not what yeah, it is. Did yeah, you no, even watch? Have you been watching the show, Pete? Yes. Yeah. She treats him like a dog. Oh, God. That's definitely not it. That's literally what one of the characters says to her. I know, but they're wrong. No, they're right. It's because he's like a puppy. He follows her around everywhere. It's not, that's not, whatever. He's in love with her. He makes sad, sick, sad he, eyes at her. He is in love with her, but she yeah. doesn't love him back. And that is very clear. Except, all right, we should probably get into this in a second. But yeah. what happens is uh, the last episode flashback showed us how we got to this hotel room. And Pete was pissed because yeah. he felt like we spent an entire episode. We don't care about this character. So then except- spending a whole episode <laughs> on her doesn't make any sense. All right, real quick. Here's how television works. Yeah. So... You didn't care about this character, so they flash back and give you a reason to care about this character. That's what last episode was about. That didn't accomplish any of that. It's like, hey, here's this person who's dead inside sure, and then is now dead, which kind of works. But uh, uh, you thought the two people were in love. Turns out they were not not in love. He was in love with her, and she was just like, I'm dead inside, so I'm going to pretend to be in love with you, but really I'm going to cheat on you. Uh, And then uh, the day before you get back for your release from prison uh, I died because I was sucking some dude's dick in his car <laughs> when he was supposed to be driving here's the thing Pete you yeah. wouldn't know this since you're very young and naive but love is not all champagne and roses sometimes it's a little more complicated than right that. but you either commit to that love or you don't so you don't give me the I'm in love with you puppy th- sitting on the edge of the bed when you've been sucking some other dude's dick there's a lot of stuff that people stick in their mouths. Oh my, that's the start of your argument. <laughs> All right. Look, we finally get to that point. This episode, Shadow and Laura have a real conversation. It still takes a while to get there. Right. Because first we get a really weird, really interesting opening scene that yeah. is right Which out is of the one box. of the things I love about the show is they normally start the show with some kind of uh weird monologue or start with a different god. And this time we got animation, which was an interesting choice. Yeah, well, I was curious while I was watching that. I thought it was really cool and different. We've seen these live action sequences. But Pete, knowing how badly you wanted to get back to Lauren Shadow's conversation, were you pissed off? Because no, I was happy. No, because I was happy that was back to my favorite thing about the show. Well, not the favorite thing, but one of my favorite things is the kind of start of every show is kind of introduction of a different god and kind of gives a, a fun little story uh, before the story, if you will. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the back of uh, 
uh, issue of a comic book when you got mm-hmm. like a backup story. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. And it's also interesting in the sense of uh, Neil Gaiman. He's best known for Sandman. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Sandman did pretty frequently. Not necessarily backup stories, but sort of side stories, things that paralleled the action more than anything. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Now, what we've seen is these stories have started to weave into the main story. We yeah. saw that with Anubis last episode where we returned to Anubis, found out why Anubis and it wasn't just a one-off story. Here, what I was intuiting from it is we're getting the stakes of what's going yeah. on. Here we learn about a god who had people killing for them, had people dying for them, and became forgotten in this yeah. new world and crumbled into dust. Yeah. It's entirely possible, I guess, that they could come back from that or they find some bones of this god later on. But I think more likely it's this idea of these gods are fighting against irrelevancy. Yeah. Do you agree? I completely agree. Yeah. It's a very powerful statement. I mean, cause that's kind of like our show. If people stop believing us and stop listening, we would uh, just crumble away and die. I kind of think we would still do our podcast. Really? <laughs> We've been doing this for over 10 years. I know. But if people stop listening, I mean, why oh, that's would, true. you know, that's true. It's like shouting into the void. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> it's kind if you of like, could only see the look on his face right now. <laughs> here's the thing, Pete. It's like when you love somebody, but you're not getting back what you want from them, and so you end up sucking somebody else's Oh, cock. come on, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Doing a podcast is like sticking a, a, a voice <laughs> up your mouth. Oh, that is so gross. Yeah, it is pretty gross. All right, let's move on to the Laura Shadow Please. conversation. How did you feel, Pete? Because they went back and forth quite a bit. Laura in my opinion, seem more aggressive about it than Shadow. Shadow is certainly trying to deal with the fact that my dead wife's back for the grave. This yeah. is probably the second craziest thing that's happened to me today, but how do I deal with this? And what do you think about this whole thing? You know, a lot of times the relationship, when there's an argument or you need to have a discussion, it can get very emotional. And I thought it was... I thought it was a very powerful, cool scene where uh, Shadow Moon was like, I'm not budging. Because you cheated on me. You can say all these things, but all I know is the facts. And you cheated on me, so telling me that you love me and I'm your light and I mean everything to you is bullshit. And it is. I mean, the only reason she's there is because of him and the Mm -hmm. fact that he happened to drop a coin on her grave, which he didn't realize would bring her back to life, but it did. It, what, I I don't know if you're going to agree with this necessarily, Pete, but... I think, first of all, you're right that I thought it was definitely your argument from last uh, podcast episode that Shadow was making to Laura. I mean, essentially, he was saying it doesn't matter. It's not important uh, what you're doing now because I know how I feel about what you did. But after last episode, we know a lot more about Laura, not just alive, but also dead and how she is. And her interaction was really fascinating because it's hard to parse at this point, whether she's a dead body still moving, just acting on instinct, essentially, and knowing that, well, I got to go towards Shadow because that's literally where my light is. She sees him in a ball of light. She is He is the pillar of light that draws her. So it's almost like a fly being drawn to a fly executioner thing. Why am I black? What is it? What is it? Flat? You're talking about the fly to the flame? The, the, the fly light. The light. The light. The bug zapper? Bug zapper. Oh, oh my God. God. Jesus. Yeah. Christ. Let's cut that out. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, she's almost being drawn like a bug zapper. She is, like you said, literally rotting. She's going to disappear sooner rather than later. Yeah. So, you know. But that's not love. 
and he, you know, that's, right. that's, that doesn't mean that they should be together just because of this, like... I, I think you're right. I'm agreeing with you. I just think it's also a fascinating dynamic at the yeah, same time that is. he wanted to be with her. He waited for her. She did not wait for him. And now she's just going, going. And I'm curious to see with her character now whether she is caught in this stasis, if she's just heading towards this bug zapper or whether she's going to be able to change in some way. Also, what's interesting is if uh, Moonshadow pushes her too far. Shadow Moon. Shadow Moon, sorry. It's uh, all right. Uh, it's just uh, in, in Ithaca, there was a bar called Moonshadows, and I'm used to saying it that way. Right. Uh, so well, the, a bar is different from a human being. Right. But sometimes when you're used to saying things a certain Here's way. Here's the thing. I've never said anything wrong. Well, well <laughs> that is not true. I mean, don't whatever you do, don't rewind this podcast two minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, uh, he, she has been his guardian angel. So if he's got to be careful because he pushes her too far away, she won't be able to save him anymore. And she's been saving his ass left yeah. and right. Um, and she does hit this point. We're jumping around now, but she does hit this point by the end of the episode where she's still going for Shadow Moon, but she's kind of hit her own independence. She tries talking to him. And then she tries taking a warm bath so that she can warm up and kiss him and make love to him and whatever else he wants to do. And he denies her twice at that point, at which point she gets back in the bathtub. No, she doesn't get back in the bathtub, excuse me. At which point Mad Sweeney shows up looking for his coin. And this, again, had to be a very satisfying moment for you because uh, Mad Sweeney looks down her throat and sees the coin. Well, it's one of those things where I was, when she came back to life, I was like, oh, my God, it's the coin that does it, but she never talks about the coin. So maybe, like, does she know that's the reason she's there? Mm-hmm. So that's why it was great having Mad Sweeney just, like, kind of, like, look down her throat and be like, that's the coin. That's the only thing keeping you alive. So it's nice that they called that out and acknowledged that and the fact that she's aware of that, too. And from my perspective, it was really nice because I've always wondered if you could look down somebody's throat and see into their stomach. Can you? I don't think so. All right, but you can on the show, so yeah. it suggests to me that you probably I mean, can. if the light was coming, because if you look down somebody's throat, there's no light, so you couldn't right. see. But if the light was coming from the stomach, then yeah, maybe. Have you heard about this guy in Russia who had a uh, pine tree growing in his stomach? No. Yeah, so this is a true story. It's not true. No, this is a true story. You can look it up on the internet on a newspaper. So, well, it's got to be true. Well, then. it's in a newspaper. It's in the Daily Mail, which is usually very reliable. So uh, it was this guy, they thought he had a tumor in his lungs. And I guess it's not his stomach, so you couldn't have really seen it. You couldn't have looked down into his lungs unless it's epiglottis. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. So he had, uh, they thought it was a tumor, and then they found out it was a small pine tree growing in his lungs. In his lungs. That's not true. Well, what I always wondered about that is did he lift up his mouth enough so that sun could come down his throat so that it could light up his lungs so that the, the fir tree could grow? Also, That's how, the part of it that doesn't make sense to me. Well, the part that doesn't make sense to me is, did he inhale s- seeds? That's what they think tree? happened, yeah. Weird. He inhaled seeds. It's just like when you're a kid and they tell you not to swallow apple seeds because an apple tree will go Or water one, watermelon seeds. Yeah, or watermelon seeds. That's yeah. not true. This is true. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, all I'm saying is, well, next episode on American Gods, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, uh, Laura grows a fir tree. Yeah. <laughs> In her tummy. <laughs> oh, my God. And then she gives birth to a fir tree, and she calls the fir tree Little Shadow. 
Well, that would make sense because they do fight a tree at the end of this episode. Yes, they do. We're really jumping around. Let's yeah. just finish up Laura's plot line. Uh, so she ends up fighting with Mad Sweeney. She has super strength. Yeah. Beats the crap out of him, which was amazing. It was and, fun to watch. Oh, it was so fun to watch. Yeah. I have nothing against Mad Sweeney. Yeah. But I like Mad Sweeney. Emily Browning is kicking so much butt as Lord. Even if you don't like her, do you like that, Pete? Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then she tricks the cops into arresting Mad Sweeney by pretending, in quotes, to be dead. Uh, and, yeah, ends up breaking out on her own, essentially. What do you think's next for her? What is she going to do? Well, I mean, if sh- if Shadow Moon's the light, then she's going to keep following him, I think. Yeah. Because that's the only thing she can do, really. Mm-hmm. Until she turns, like Mad Sweeney says, into a pile of goop. Yeah. That's probably going to happen pretty soon and be pretty gross. Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll give her a couple more episodes, right? Yeah, I think so. But she's going to goop out pretty soon. Uh, Ugh. Gross. So gross. All right. Let's take a step back then and talk about what's going on with Shadow. So, uh, actually, we shouldn't talk about Shadow yet. We should talk about the other thing, which we probably should have prefaced. We went through however long of this podcast and didn't talk about the only thing that anybody will want to talk about, which is Gillian Anderson as media. Yes. And specifically Gillian Anderson as David Bowie. Unbelievable. Gillian Anderson, I always thought she was an amazing actress, but in this show, she is killing the game. It is unbelievable to see her range and to play all these different characters and not just play them, but embody them mm-hmm. and really, she is just it's unbelievable to watch. Here's, I think, the amazing thing is as you said, the thing that's been blowing my mind is she is not just doing a parody. She's not just doing an imitation. She really is getting to the core of these characters and becoming them and that's exactly what the point of the media character is, which is Awesome. Uh, just the David Bowie scene in particular, we watched this a little early. It has lived in my head for days. Yeah. Now. The music too is perfect. They played it over the credits again. I just the <laughs> just lived in my head, just yeah. in a loop. And the way they filmed that scene <coughs> was amazing. Uh, what happens is the technical boy is getting out of a club, sees one of those virtual reality bug spider things, and he goes, ah, shit, jumps on his face, and media is having a sit-down with him in that limousine set, basically saying, you fucked up. You yeah. were supposed to talk to Shadow Moon, maybe scare him a little bit, uh, give him the lay of the land. Instead, you hung a black man from a tree. What is wrong with you? You need to make this right somehow. Certainly what is right for media, what is right for the technical boy, and that whole side of the God War, maybe not actually right or the right thing to do, but it's certainly something different. Uh, that scene from both sides, I thought, was phenomenal. Not just the Gillian Anderson, David Bowie of it all. Yeah, I just think it, it's one of those things where I wonder if Gillian uh, Anderson seeing the script was like, this is going to be amazing, or if she was like, man, I wonder if I can pull this off. Yeah. Well, uh, they had to know her capability. She's worked with Brian Fuller, who's the showrunner before on Hannibal. Um, I think most people know her as Dana Scully on X-Files, so you just think of her as that. But she's done Broadway shows. She's done so many different other things. But this is something entirely different for her. And this is something that I think, to your point again, would not have worked with a different actress. So 
it's awesome. It's yeah. great. And it's probably not even far from the end of it either. We're going to see oh, more. Man. What do you want to see her as? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I can't wait for the next thing, though. I mean, that's going to be so cool to yeah. see what else she does. I'm hoping she does Ernest. That would be great. Wow. That would be great. Hey, Vern. Hey, hey Vern. That would be pretty good, right? I hope she does like a Carson or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. She's probably, that's a more reasonable guess than <laughs> Entertainment Dynamo Ernest. But, uh, so. Dorf on golf. That would be fun to see her do. Yeah, but all, any of that. <laughs> <laughs> So let's move on. Let's talk about the second scene. So uh, media tells Technical Boy that he needs to apologize. So he sets up a situation to apologize, which is that Shadow and Mr. Wednesday get arrested. Uh, not great for them, but they realize pretty quickly it's all been orchestrated by media, by the technical boy, and most importantly, by the new character we meet, played by Crispin Glover, Mr. World. Just when you think characters couldn't get creepier, yeah. enter Crispin Glover. Oh, yeah. I mean, Crispin Glover is crazy anyway, but uh, what did you think about this introduction? How do you feel about him? I mean, that's the great thing is we've had such amazing introductions, like the guy who uh, is I can't I can't think of his name, but the the actor who plays the creepy dude who like kills cows for a living. I mean, I Peter thought Stormare. Yeah, I thought that was creepy. No, I mean Crispin Glover is a whole different level of creepy. Yeah, he has that kind of like slimy like ooh, like thing about him that is makes him extra creepy anytime he's talking. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was uh, an, another example of amazing casting, and I can't wait for more. Yeah, I I will say there was something about that scene and the episode in general that I wasn't totally in love with. Uh, they went for more of a horror vibe yeah. with the second half of the episode, and it didn't quite work for me. It didn't quite gel with everything else that's been going on, which has felt a little magical and mystical and... Um, uh, almost like a storybook in a way, which is sure. very Neil Gaiman. Here, it played out like a horror movie down to when Shadow and Mr. Wednesday finally escape, them being attacked by a tree monster slash chair, yeah. which I have trouble figuring out exactly what was going on there or where that was coming from. Maybe it was explained and I missed it, but yeah. maybe it was just a chair. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. I mean, trees get mad if you throw away too much paper or uh-huh, you're not uh-huh. recycling. So you got to watch your back, man. Yeah. By the way, you guys should really check out Pete's new children's book, Watch Out for Trees. Yeah. Recycle, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> it's uh, not selling well. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Well, I just I want to I want people to feel bad for you. <laughs> so they help you. So, uh, so we do find out a lot here. The thing that... I think is most interesting going forward is that Mr. World tells Mr. Wednesday, we want to help you. Let's all work together. Let's not have this war. And there's been this impression that I've gotten, at least, that Mr. Wednesday is very down and out. You know, he's wearing that raggedy jacket. He is trying to put together what looks like dregs of society in a certain way. While Technical Boy, media, they have unlimited resources. You bring in Mr. World, that's literally the entire digital world. That's everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So they seem like, from our modern perspective, to be outmatched. But based on the fact that Mr. World is trying to make a deal, that seems to suggest that Mr. Wednesday has something there. Right, which we don't know what it is. Well, what do you think? What's your guess? I don't know, because it seems like... 
it's almost like they're just patronizing him, you know? That they, they're giving him an olive branch when they could just destroy him. I don't think they have a reason to, though. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I, I think he's got something there. They know he's got something. Um, we don't know exactly what it is yet, but there is another big hint of what's going on, which I hesitate to say anything about, but Pete, in what they offer him, it ties into something else that's happened in the series. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. All right, here's what I'd say. For those of you guys listening at home, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it is all going to tie together at some point. But in the offer that Mr. World gives to Mr. Wednesday, there, if you look at it carefully and what it is, it ties back to something we've already seen in the series and gives you a hint of what's actually going on. No. Is that fair? Without, do you feel like I spoiled too much no, there, Pete? I still don't know what you're talking okay. about. Okay, all right. Uh, those who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. Other one, go on a treasure hunt. Maybe you'll figure it out. Um but uh, otherwise, we're left in a place where we know who our antagonists are by the end of the episode. We know who our heroes are. We know who our rogue elements are in Laura and other stuff going on there. Um, we're also heading towards, relatively speaking, the end of the season. Not relatively speaking. I think we have two episodes left. Um, but whatever the end game is for the season, I feel like we're getting there quickly. Things are building. Yeah, which is... Which is crazy to think about. I mean, the, every show has been pretty insane already, but the fact that we're building towards something bigger is very exciting. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, guys, uh, we're going to skip past a Gmail because, frankly, I forgot to ask you guys for your questions. But <laughs> if you do have questions regularly, we'll answer them in the episode. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter at Comic Book Live or over email, comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we'll answer questions. Or if there's something you liked, some comment on an episode, hit us up, and we'll read it here uh, and chat about it. But let's do God of the Episode. Pete, who was the God of the Episode for you? <sighs> That's going to be a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Jillian uh, Anderson, uh, best guy. Media. Yeah. Media. Media. Yeah, man. I'm hard-pressed to say anybody else just based on that David Bowie. Like, the Marilyn Monroe was good and I creepy. Mean, but, I mean, the the kiss, that oh, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. From the very first shot. Yeah. My jaw dropped when that happened. It yeah. was so great. I'll give a close second just to vary it up, though, with uh, to Mad Sweeney. Yeah. The poor guy. <laughs> oh, man. He gets the shit kicked out of yeah, him. Yeah, that's going to be tough. It does. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to American Godcast. Uh, if you'd like to support this show and the other shows that we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a regular live show every Tuesday night in New York at 8 p.m. That's totally free that you should definitely come check out. Info is on our website at comic book club live at... at Dot com. Yeah, dot com. Comic I, Club again, Live. Again, I want to emphasize, I've com. never messed anything up. You have never in your life. Pete, anything you want to plug? Yeah, friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have coming up on our show. And check us out at the websites, and we'll see you next time on American Godcast. Worship us. Or don't. Oh, man, Pete. Or, you know, just be nice and listen to the podcast is enough. No, worship us. <laughs> <laughs>